0: Sue
1: Meyer. Hello and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Today we're going to talk about pneumonia and when I was asked to talk about pneumonia I was thinking I don't know that much about it. Oh my goodness, yes I do. I know a lot about pneumonia. I used to have children with pneumonia all the time. There's different types of pneumonia in the sense that sometimes there is coughing, sometimes the coughing can be very excessive and there can be a coughing up of purulent or watery expectoration otherwise it's a silent pneumonia i had i remember we had pneumonia in the house one year and there was there was a lot of emotional stuff going on because my grandma was dying and my daughter came up one morning she says mommy i don't feel well and i says just go lay on the couch sweetheart and i made a bed on the couch and my husband was sitting in his recliner i'm like aren't you gonna help me he goes i don't feel very well i went over there he was burning up with fever and my daughter, I looked over at her on the on the sofa, and she just her eyes were just like, oh my goodness, they were just red, and her face was red, and she just looked at me, never, not a complaint. Period. They both had pneumonia, <laughs> and they were just like I said, they were just these silent little patients. Most of the time, pneumonia is, you know, you notice it more because there's a struggling with the breathing and and so on. And so, anyway, let's just talk about what a pneumonia actually is, and then what you can do about it homeopathically. And also naturally, because there's just some other things I like to add to it. If I feel the patient may or may not have pneumonia, you can take them in if you want to. If you do and they have pneumonia, the doctor will prescribe antibiotics. And if he does that, take it home. Go, go ahead and fill that prescription. Take him home. And then try to you know take care of your patient naturally and have the antibiotics on hand if you need them. Like you said, if it's not too ill. I mean, I'm not one to say don't ever go to the doctor. I wouldn't do that because pneumonia can be kind of serious depending on the vitality of the patient. Pneumonia is actually an infection of the lungs because the alveoli of the lungs is a soft porous. The, the cells of the, the lungs are very soft and porous. There can be a bacterial infection or a viral infection or even fungus. We're seeing a lot of that nowadays. And so if you have... An, if the patient has bacteria, viral, or fungus, then they they can be contagious. But there is also the type of pneumonia that a person or an animal can get from having been outdoors and having been chilled. I remember one year... (laughs) I'm not kidding you. I had this cat, okay? You talk about cats that have nine lives. I know I've told the story how this cat hung himself once. (laughs) He really did. I'm not kidding. It was awful. But he also... Got outside because we we don't let our cats outside our house cats, and so but anyway one day this this cat got outside we couldn't find him, and we had to leave and so we came it was winter and anyway the kids mom what about Indy and I'm like we'll find him when we come home I assumed he went to the barn okay <laughs> but but this cat was special he didn't he didn't do things like that, and he was scared of course and probably the dog chased him up the tree as well so anyway we get back home and here this cat is up in the top of this tree going. Kind of like if you ever watched Christmas with the Cranks, <laughs> and the guy's up on top of the, the the house with his frosty, and he's saying, "What is it? The, Lou, Lou, what is the guy's name? I don't even know." Anyway, he's calling the he's calling Tim Allen, and anyway, that's that's what our cat was like up at the top of this tree, and he's just a, the tiniest, faintest little and he was it was windy and it was i want to say it was 20 below but that could have been just wind chill but it gets 20 below here all the time actual temperature too anyway this this cat i get under the tree and i'm trying to calm him down so he tries to come tries to climb down this tree and he fell Um, because he was so cold and he hits the ground i couldn't catch him and i take him in and he was half frozen this poor cat anyway and he had pneumonia um, I can I gave him arsenicum. I believe it was arsenicum. I gave him at the time. Pulled him right out of it. It was pretty amazing because he, <laughs> his his the lung tissue was frozen. But anyway, we also like if you have cows like our cows in the barn. You know when you bring them in in the fall and they well, if, if your cows are outside a lot, then they'll get nice long furry coat. And then if you bring them in in the winter and if they stay in overnight or whatever, because um, we like to keep our cows in overnight so that they don't get frozen teats or whatever. Anyway, when you bring them in at night and if you decide to leave them in for more than you know a few hours, we'd always have to shave the backs of the cows, because they used to now we like to t- turn them out. Nowadays, we know better than to leave them in the barn all the time, but we used to do that. we used to bring them in, and they would only go out for a few hours during the day and then they'd come right back in again, and they'd stay most of the time in the barn. But a lot of the cows could, were susceptible to pneumonia if you didn't shave the back of you know all the hair off the top of their back so that the heat could escape from there their body because if they got overheated and then chilled again they were they were susceptible to pneumonia and they could get very very ill. So that's the other way that people can get pneumonia I suspect a lot of um, Napoleon's soldiers had pneumonia. <laughs> Poor Napoleon you know can you imagine trekking across Russia with not proper clothing? I, I just I can't but that's like I said pneumonia can set in at that point because then lung tissue can actually get frozen chilled it doesn't respond like it's supposed to and so you're going to need homeopathy aconite is excellent for that type of, for that type of pneumonia so anyway let's just keep going here we're going to tell you a little bit more about it, okay so we have the bacterial or viral and it can you know if it sets in for little patients or older patients most people in middle age don't really get pneumonia you know that time that my husband got pneumonia you know, it was a very, like I said, a very emotional time. My grandmother was dying, and he knew what I was going through, and it, and obviously it was a virus going through the house, and we probably picked it up at the hospital. Who knows? But anyway, it's just one of those situations, and he was middle-aged, but he was stressed out. So but most middle-aged people, they'll get a cold, but it doesn't usually settle into pneumonia. But babies, infants, and as well as older people tend to be susceptible to it because they don't have that vitality to kick things out like like. Middle-aged people do. Also, you can have if you don't have a fever, it can actually be what we call a walking pneumonia because you may not even know you have pneumonia, but you can still have that infection in your lungs. Some, or you can start to run the fever, and you know, and it can be the pneumonia can be located in one lung or both lungs. It can be a small area or a larger area. It can be in the bronchial tubes. You know, as far as the inflammation goes, and so they'll call it like a bronchitis or whatever. But it can still easily go into those lungs if you're not careful. And any head cold or sinus cold can move down into the lungs as well. If if a person isn't successful in getting a head cold, getting rid of it in a timely manner, then you run the risk of developing an infection that can settle down into the lungs. And I've seen that happen over and over again. So when that starts to happen, the first thing you're going to want to do is take a dose of phosphorus 30C. Phosphorus is my go-to for any sort of lung ailments whatsoever. Infection or whatever's going on in those lungs, it just turns around and kicks it right back out. So I've seen it push it back up into the head, but it's better in the head than it in the chest because you never want to see diseases heading south. You always want to see them going up north and going out again. So phosphorus-30C anytime it's moving into the lungs. Also, one of the things you should know about pneumonia is when a person actually has pneumonia and they ha- they have a hard time breathing because as a alveoli fills up with pus or fluid, then it it's water-soaked. It's like a sponge. Have you ever tried to breathe through a washcloth? Okay, you take a- you take a washcloth and you put it over your face like you're playing cops and robbers, and you can breathe through it quite easily, right? Well, you soak that same washcloth in water and then put that over your face and then try to breathe through it. You feel instantly like you're going to suffocate. that's kind of the way a person with pneumonia can feel. It's not over their nasal passages, but their lungs are deprived of the ability to absorb the oxygen that they're trying to breathe in. And if the lungs can't suck it in the way they're supposed to, then they're certainly not getting the oxygen in their blood either. So obviously oxygen levels are going to go down if a person has pneumonia. And there's just some other things that can be difficult for a person if they have pneumonia. And so like I said, infants and older people we have to watch very closely because you want to make sure that they aren't oxygen deprived. You know, little things. I mean, you can look for, you know, blueness of the lips, you know, around the gills, I like call around the, you know, the ears and things like that. You'll usually notice or the tips of the fingers if there's they're being deprived of oxygen. And you can take them in and and get a checkup. They can do an oxygen level test and things like that. And so that's just something, you know, I've never seen it get that bad, and I've seen some pretty bad pneumonia. Just be aware of that. But also, when they're breathing, a person with pneumonia tends to have more labored breathing because they it's, it's hard for them to get the air in. They're breathing in and breathing out, but they're not getting a lot of oxygen, so it tends to make them sort of feel like they're suffocating a little bit. An infant, to see if an infant has pneumonia or not, what happens is their lung cavity isn't strong enough to pull the air in like we breathe, like, <gasps> it's not strong enough for that. So what happens is the diaphragm and the stomach area underneath the ribs, you're going to notice this thumping appearance to the stomach. And the stomach is working to suck in the air rather than the chest cavity pulling in the air. So as the stomach starts sucking in, it looks like the stomach's kind of thumping. And, and that's a, a good sign that the infant has pneumonia. I always looked at it, and as soon as my kids started thumping, I'd take them into the doctor. Well, I wouldn't take them in today. Today, I would give them a dose of aconite and belladonna, and then I would give them a dose of phosphorus, and I would go from there. (laughs) If they had a fever, I would put the pickle socks on them. We talk about the pickle socks all the time. Actually, it's not in the Homeopathy for Mommy's book, but if I ever get the second one done, it'll be in there. Uh, The pickle socks are, like I said, if a child or even an adult has a fever, you soak the white cotton socks in pickle juice, preferably kosher, you know, with garlic, wring it out just enough so it's not really drippy, put them on the feet, and then put real wool socks over the top of the pickled white socks, the white cotton socks, and that will help to pull the fever out of the body naturally. And it's not suppressing, it's just pulling it naturally away from the internal organs, away from everything that's dangerous to have a higher fever. And yet, it's not inter- it's not suppressing it's still allowing the body to run that fever and do what it has to do on the inside but it is helping to pull that excess heat out so i would use the pickle socks and then i would give the acetaminophen and Belladonna, the phosphorus and then i would just you know hope for the best and hopefully you just they just are able to fight it right away i also would use my breathee's, the essential oil we carry in their store, breathee's. I just love that. It's it's the same recipe that was in our colds and flu rub that I'm no longer going to be shipping, especially through the winter, because we're just having trouble with shipments. Um, I think it's getting frozen and I don't know what's happening to it. So we're not shipping it anymore for the winter for sure. We may not ever continue to get, or, you know, start it up again. But I am going to do a little video to help moms to understand how to make it or how to make roller bottles that they can use in their own home. And that's how I started. I only, you know, that's, that's all I ever used to use for my kids was just the essential oils and, and the carrier oils there. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to do a little video and throw it on my member's corner because I feel bad that I took the colds and flu rub off offline anyway, but I do like the colds and flu rub, but it's the essential oils that I'm after. And I'll explain that on the little video, exactly how how the body absorbs these essential oils. And it's very nutritious for the body, and it just really helps to the body to fight what's going on. So I would use those two, and then I would put my homeopathic, before I use the essential oils, I would put the homeopathic remedies in water bottles, and I would label them clearly so that I can continue to give them if they're working. If they're not working, I would find something that is working very, very quickly. <laughs> But like I said, everybody says I want to know the protocol and I want to know the potencies, and we don't have set protocols other than you know like we have the infection protocol or the the pharma cleanup protocol, and we ha- we do have protocols, but that's not has nothing to do with the the patient themselves. But for someone who actually has pneumonia, I would want to you know, look at their symptoms. Are they coughing? Do they have a fever? Oh, if they are coughing, is it a wet, rattly cough, or is it just dry? Or are they just labored breathing? You know, what's going on? I would want to know all those things. So we're going to talk about some rubrics here. And on this printout for the Members' Corner, you can look at the rubrics that we have printed there, and it gives you some indication as to which remedies to use for what kind of pneumonia or what kind of patient. If you don't know what I'm talking about with the Members' Corner, this podcast is an Ultima Homeschool Radio we also have it on our website homeopathy for mommies but with our website now we've actually taken and and we've started what we call our members corner and it's a place where we can all chat and have a forum and we i put on little videos and i have printouts for all my podcasts and things like that it's a really great site for people to really do some in-depth studying on how to use homeopathy in their family we actually do have some advanced training on there that's available but that's not, you know, the main focus of the f- members corner is helping each other learn to use homeopathy within the home setting and to learn to use it confidently and to learn to use it, you know, and help others. So that's that's what we're doing there. And we're just we're loving it. But anyway, so there'll be this printout here with some of the rubrics on it and some of the different things you can look at if you have a patient that you think may or may not have pneumonia. So some of the things also that you want to look for, of course, is dehydration. And dehydration is, you you look at the eyes, because the eyes are always, they always give indication as to what's going on within the body. Of course, if they're glassy, you know, belladonna, they're hot looking, you know, the aconite, and then the belladonna really helps with, like I said, that glassy, wild-eyed type of look. But you can always touch the skin as well. And I will say that I've had patients quickly, it's probably the illness that I've had my patients most quickly dehydrate with because they really don't feel like drinking, and they are struggling so much to breathe and get that good oxygen that they do dehydrate quite quickly. So touch the skin, and if the skin bounces back, great. Um, if it stays indented, that's a sign that they are getting dehydrated very, very quickly. And so you either, if you can't get water down them... you. You, you can consider taking them in so that you can get IVs put on. But I don't, like I said, I've never had to take anyone in for an IV because we know that an infant only needs one to three teaspoons of liquid an hour to keep from dehydrating, and an adult, one to three tablespoons. And the thing is, is I you know people always worry because you're not taking enough, you're not taking enough. Your sick person does not need a lot. just, it needs to be consistent and it needs to be hourly Uh, within, you know, every 15, 20 minutes, give them a spoonful of water, give them a eyedropper full of water, just give them a few sips of water, wet down the lips with a sponge, all these different things you can do to keep your patient from dehydrating. And like I said, you can check the skin. The skin is a a fantastic test. Like I said, and go to it like a pudgy part, like on their forearm or on their cheek, um, and you know, put just, just press gently and it'll fit bounces back, they're good, they're not dehydrated. But like I said, if it does stay indented, mm, that's a sign that they're getting dehydrated. You need to do something about it and you need to do it quickly. So that's something to look for to in a person with with pneumonia. Okay, so we've talked about the thumping and we've talked about watch them for in dehydration. Now, like I said, the, the cough itself, they can, they may or may not have a cough. They may or may not have a fever. They may not even know they have pneumonia, but you know, that there's something's just not quite right. Their breathing might be just a little bit off, but regardless, you can, you can look at the rubrics we have here and be able to effectively take care of your patient. So if you feel like your patient has, we're going to, Like I said, we're going to go through some of these rubrics here, but if you feel like your patient has an infection, they're running a fever, they may or may not be coughing, but if their skin is moist, go ahead and give the infection protocol. That would be mercurius, pyrogenium, and silica. And we have that infection podcast as well that you can listen to. If their skin is dry, then you give the sulf, the pyrogenium, and the silica. And you can still give phosphorus, ...on an odd time out. So like if you give phosphorus in the morning, you can give it again in the afternoon. And then you can give one dose of these three remedies for infection... ...you know, like twice a day. And you'll be surprised how quickly your patient will turn around. If they don't actually have full-blown infection, just... ...like inflammation of the lungs, they're having, you know... ...they've got some fluid and stuff going on there. You know, still, we'll talk about that here, but... ...you have the antimonium tart, which is excellent for the that wet of the lungs... You have spongia for that koopy type cough and they're trying to get stuff out so we have like I say different types of cough and yet you need to be aware of it watch your patient are they they red are they white are they you know anxious what's going on so with pneumonia the funny thing is is if you look it up in the repertory you're gonna see that there are over almost 500 remedies listed that will help with inflammation or pneumonia and if you do know if it's just one lung or both lungs if it's the left or the right there's actually rubrics for that as well and you can look that up it's, it's on this printout here we have actually pneumonia that comes on in the evening we have pneumonia every other day We have, <laughs> there's so many different pneumonia um, with canker sores in the mouth that's a phosphoric acid situation we have pneumonia in children and there are about 25 remedies listed here for pneumonia of children and aconite of course is one of them Ipecac is the main remedy listed for children with pneumonia. But you have antimonium tart, you have Allium sepa, lycopodium mercurius, Nux vomica. Nux vomica is apparently quite a famous remedy for pneumonia. And of course, phosphorus, pulsatilla. There's just there's a number of them here, and you can look at them, and then you can look, see here what's listed, and you can look in the homeopathy for mommy's book, and you can say, oh, that does sound like my, my child, or that does sound like my spouse. And then we have pneumonia of infants, and the, all, a lot of the very same remedies. Ipecac again is number one in that situation. Pneumonia after a chill, like that would be like my cow or <laughs> my cat. And here they have chelidonium, iodatum, and mercurius listed. And I gave my cat arsenicum, pulled him right out of it. Pneumonia from being overheated, becoming cold while overheated. And again, aconite, arnica, gelsemium, rustox, pyrogenium, all of these are very famous influenza type remedies. And they're all what's what happens with the influenza is, you know, it turns into pneumonia and it can hurt those lungs. Pneumonia with collapse. And then, you know, inflammation or pneumonia of the lungs where there's congestion in the lungs and when the, the expectoration is a rust colored, you know, we have remedies for that as well here. We have pneumonia after having had the croup. So the the child has the croup and that leaves them with pneumonia. We have, for that, two remedies are listed as bryonia and sulfur. Pneumonia in those who drink a lot of alcohol. There's a few remedies listed for that too. Pneumonia with a bloody nose. And there's also pneumonia with other hemorrhage too, um, like pneumonia after a person has had hemorrhage. And that's China and squilla and phosphoric acid. So it's really interesting, you know, the different types of pneumonia. Pneumonia with one red one red cheek, that's phosphorus. Pneumonia without thirst. Pneumonia with vertigo. So all these different symptoms. And so you, the more you know, the easier you can pinpoint the correct remedy. And so, like I said, that's why I've kind of listed out the main rubrics of persons with pneumonia, and it's very, very helpful. So if we move down here... Then you can see like pneumonia with a cough. And oddly enough, a person who has had pneumonia can be left with a cough. And when that happens, you're no longer going to need the infection remedies. Then you're going to want to know what remedy to give. This person has been left with a cough and it's a distressing, tormenting cough. Calicarb, an excellent remedy for that. A violent cough following pneumonia, a hard cough following pneumonia. See, it's really nice to kind of to have access to this this little printout here. Uh, a chronic cough following pneumonia, kind of never well since. Now there's my arsenicum. <laughs> so we have, like I said, then there's there's mind symptoms too with persons with pneumonia. Anxiety with pneumonia. And it's, like I said, antimonium tart's really good for that. Delirium. And delirium is when your patient is chattering and they're not making sense. And so it's kind of nice to know that that's pretty normal with certain illnesses. But if, if your patient starts doing that, there's remedies listed here too. Pulsatilla is one of them as well as opium. Like I said, feel free to go on to Member's Corner and print out your little pneumonia printable here and... So that you have you can put that right in your notebook. Joy's got that so cute. She's got everything all set up. And so when you do your printable, it, it just it fits right into your notebook and it, it's very cute. I know one lady asks, she goes, Can you put all the remedies in <laughs> do spot remedy spotlights for all the remedies so they can fit in the book? And <laughs> I'm like, Oh, they're already in the book. <laughs> anyway, it is nice to have access to good information. And I like I said, pneumonia, I've Since I've been using homeopathy, I've never had to take anyone into the doctor. I've never had to take anyone to the hospital because persons really do recover very easily with the help of homeopathy and the essential oils as well as the pickle socks. There's one other thing I want to mention here real quick, and that is if you have a person who has severe pneumonia and nothing seems to be working one of the last resorts that you can do, and I say last resort, it doesn't have to be a last resort. It's just that your patient, if they're not dying, they're going to kick and scream. They're not going to want this. <laughs> and I say, well, you're not too sick then, if you can, if you can fight me on this. But you bake an onion or two, and then I say bake it seriously. You bake it for you know until it's not well done but soft, and then you squish that or break that into pieces, and you put that on the on the chest directly on the skin. And then I wrap my patient with like saran wrap. I wrap it all the way around the body so to hold that onion in place tightly on the chest. And then I cover it with warm towels, and I keep it there. You can keep it there for several hours. That friend of mine had told me that her aunt, or aunt, depending on what part of country you're from, was the family was called because she was dying of pneumonia, and the doctors didn't think she'd make it till morning. They asked permission to put this onion poultice on her chest, the doctors said, that's fine. They did the poultice, and by morning, the lady sat up, and she was ready to go home. So it really does work. I have used the onion poultice, I think, three different times, and all three times I've had great success. You know, it's it's usually a last resort for me. I think, oh, I can pull through. We can get this the patient through this. I remember one year, I, ha- I had my grandkids, and I don't remember why, but they had, oh, my goodness, such bad chest things. Pu- I poulticed two of those kids that night. And they just looked at me like, Grandma, do we really have to do this? And they were fine the next day. You know, I used just the homeopathic remedies, and I kept them down. I didn't let them get up and run around, but it pulled that infection right out. And it does. It'll actually pull it right through the skin because onions have such wonderful drawing properties. So that's why the squilla is a fantastic pneumonia remedy because it is a sea onion. And so, you know, it's, the affinity is just amazing to help the the lungs. And alium sepa is onion. So those are great pneumonia remedies as well. So with, um, I guess, with that information, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, you, all of my listeners, are, are it's just so exciting because I get this feedback that you, you like these podcasts. And But one of the things that everybody always asks for is protocols. And step by step on potencies. Please do not confuse homeopathy with allopathic medicine. It's not. There's no set rules. You have to look at your patient, and you have to say, "Oh my goodness, he's really sick." I'm going to keep my potencies low. And when you give low potencies, you can give them more often because the body uses them up more quickly. So you can look at your patient, and you can give that same remedy five, six, seven times a day if they're if it's working. But they use it up. But I, that I mean, the, it triggers the body, and so the body gets a little bit better. But as soon as it seems that that remedy is not working anymore, give another dose. So keep your potencies low when it's when it's, you know, like I say, bad illnesses like this, because you don't want to ag- you don't want the body to aggravate. Because if the body's really sick, the vitality is low. You don't want it to heal too quickly, as in more quickly than the vitality is able to, because then it will cause aggravation. So keep. Your potency is 30C or below, as in 6C or 12C or 30X or 12X for your pneumonia patients. Anything low. Like I said, and dose them as you see fit. I always say, tell people, pray about it. Your guardian angel will tell you when to give a remedy or sometimes even what remedy to give. Like I said, I've told stories. I've told you guys stories about how I'll be looking in my kit. And I have a kit that's got a couple hundred remedies in it. And... My cow was so sick one time, it wasn't pneumonia, it was just a different illness, but I had tried something, it wasn't working. I had the vet out, I said, just go ahead, give her the antibiotics, I'll clean her up later, and she still was very, very sick. Called the vet, he goes, well, let's hit her with another round of antibiotics. I said, what are we treating her for? He goes, I don't know. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. So I said to my husband, I said, well, I'll just have to give her something, you know. Anyway, long story short, I looked in my kit, and I was going to reach for carbovets, just you know, for... Because you, veg is great for cleaning the system up. And I, my eyes fell on carbolic al- acid. And that was the second time in three days that I had thought about that remedy. And I've never even thought about it before for you. So I used it for my cow and she got better. But the point is, is God will lead you. Your guardian angel is constantly, he's jumping around you saying, <laughs> use this remedy, use this remedy. So just be prayerful. All right. With that, I'm going to let you go. Good luck with all your patience, guys, and hopefully we have a pneumonia-free winter, huh? <laughs> but in case we don't, you've got this, this nice printout and you've got this podcast, and you're going to do just fine. May God bless you and yours. The number one inspirational movie in America is coming to DVD and Blu-ray in time for Christmas,
0: Overcomer. What have you allowed to
1: define me? Share the gift of Overcomer this holiday
0: season. When you find your identity in the one who created you, change your whole perspective. Who Overcomer, starring
1: Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shire. Available now on digital. Own it on Blu-ray and DVD December 17th.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.